right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. My name is Caleb, and always with me is Craig. And we're here, and we're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings, talk a little bit about the Big Ten championship game coming up. Uh, but uh, as per the normal... We do want to talk about ways to make you smarter. No. Talk about did you know? So, Craig, did you bring one today? I did. Did you have okay. one? Uh, yeah. Now, real quick, before yeah. you go, I do want to do a disclaimer because I did do some more fact checking on the last one that yeah. I did. So, what it is is that there is a city named Rome or the original context of Roma, R O M A, okay. on all inhabited continents nice so not antarctica which i didn't think so but i didn't know i had to double check because i didn't know if they like made a base camp or something and just like that but i wanted to clarify on all the inhabited continents it's not inhabited there yeah there's not like a real regular people yeah not, not penguins and yeah so six of the seven continents okay so polar bears, penguins, yeah. Arctic cat, Arctic rabbits, and things like that. You're talking about no animal. I mean, nothing about animals there, anyways. I mean, there might be aliens there. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if you've seen you know you know the movie The yeah. Thing, right? Yeah, of course, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so eh, who knows? But oh yeah, you never know. But okay, yeah. I'll hand it over to you now. I just want to do that disclaimer. It's uh, the floor's all yours. Oh, uh, I don't have anything. You, oh, you didn't have anything? No. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought you did. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. Okay, well, that's okay because I had the uh, I know, two last well, time. Right. I know you always prepared for me, so. Yeah. I got you back. Yeah. Okay, so did you know? We talked about Rome last time, and I said the other one that I had was Egypt, and I thought this was pretty interesting. So did you know in ancient Egypt, servants were covered in honey so as to attract flies away from the pharaohs. Dang. Yeah. Talk, talk about your, you know. I, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> servants, man. Yeah. Like going way too far on that. Oh. Jeez, man. Talk yeah. about. I mean, okay. Well, I it's. I'm. I like honey. I like taste honey and everything, but I don't know if anybody else is as, you know, annoyed with the stickiness and the mess it can make. So the idea to cover someone in that on any kind of regular basis or whatever, I I mean, yeah, I mean, and we complain about if your boss asks you to do something like maybe come in on a Saturday. Yeah. And you, you know, what if they said, yeah, oh, by the way, I want you to cover yourself in honey so flies jump all over you. Yeah, well, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure with this job you couldn't really quit. It's either you do it or no. you're dead. dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, do or you die. Yeah, I know. Ah, can you imagine that? No, that would how much, just... I'm, like, how, how would you bathe that off you? It's just... I, yeah, I don't even know. Like... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, so now, 
Before we jump into the playoff talk, before we talk about the Big Ten Championship and everything, last episode, which was the recap of the Ohio State game, was one, if not our longest episodes ever. I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, pretty much, and pretty well-deserved, too, if you think yeah. about it. I have not heard many reactions on people's thoughts or anything. I know that was not – first of all, just the discussion of that game in general was not going to be very pleasing, but then the realistic conversation that we had in that episode was not super exciting either. And I realized as soon as we ended – because, uh, Craig, I even made the comment to you after we were done recording. I was like, crap, I forgot to include some information. Yeah. So I'm going to take a moment here to share a few different things here um, that could have been mentioned last time, but maybe it's all for the best because that would have been a ridiculously long episode. So we had the conversation about, you know, the facts of the matter that this is not necessarily Michigan versus Ohio state. It is everybody versus urban Meyer. I mean, now grant granted the only coaches that we've had go against urban Meyer, are Brady Hoke and Jim Harbaugh and not really going to anticipate a whole lot from Brady Hoke, but um, it, we talked about how, Urban Meyer is one, if not the best coach Ohio State has ever had. Yep. And we talked about some other things, too, about how essentially Michigan fans have been duped and or duped themselves. Mm -hmm. Because Jim Harbaugh, let's take a real a real talk moment here again. Our real talk. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh did not come to Michigan like um, another athlete or coaches or things like that where some have said, we're not going to win one, we're not going to win two, we're not going to win three championships or any nonsense like that. He just came in, took over a job, said some, you know, nice press conference statements about coaching at Michigan and the history and the great program that Michigan is and was. And he went to work. Right. But, but the national media and local media, but especially the national media painted this picture and essentially Grow out his job description or his goals Champion. for him. Yeah. Right. Multiple champions. Right. Yeah. They wrote it out for him. They're like, oh, he's going to take over the division. He's going to win t- uh, champion uh, conference titles. He's going to be a national champion within X amount of years. Right. This is the same national media that pretty much every single uh, that in the first part said that he was never going to go there to Michigan. This yeah. is the same national media almost every single year is saying to, that Jim Harbaugh is leaving to the NFL, right? To the NFL, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. I mean, I get how people get sucked into it. I 
do my best to really just ignore the stupidity that is out there, and I know a lot of other people try to. But right. Michigan fans let themselves get sucked in. Um, revenge tour. Yeah, well, the revenge tour is what whatever it was, but it's just like uh, that was that was kind of a player thing. But this but was of, all put on lot, by uh, the national media. This was not Harbaugh. This was not the University of Michigan saying this. Now people were excited, of course, sure, because they felt like things were going to change for the better, and they did. That's the thing things got better and people didn't even and again first year national everybody nobody was really anticipating that michigan was going to get a double win season right out of the gate so harbaugh did his thing and he essentially put himself in a tough position because he did so well at the beginning now honestly i think uh you know a minority of Michigan fans see and recognize this. Michigan has no thought of getting rid of Jim Harbaugh anytime soon. Like even with the eight and five season and everything happening. Yeah. They, they recognize what Jim Harbaugh has done, the potential in Michigan's eyes, Jim Harbaugh is doing just fine. Yep. But the thing that it did was that it pumped the national media, the local media, and it pumped the fan base. Nothing's wrong. Uh, really too wrong with pumping the fan base, but then essentially that set the bar. And so people got all hyped on that. You know, then people were like, Oh, well national championship next year or big 10 championship the following year and everything like that. And they really failed to recognize the potential of different things that could happen. The recruits, uh, new recruits, old recruits, but also just who you're competing with in the Big Ten. And they had the conversation about how the Big Ten was uh, considered one of the best. uh, The Big Ten East was considered the toughest division at different points in times because of the success of Franklin, D'Antonio, Meyer, and Harbaugh. Right. And so I'm not making excuses here, but I'm just kind of like I I said at the beginning, real talk. Real talk here, people. So – Harbaugh has been doing really, honestly, just fine. I mean, yeah, everybody wants something more. Nobody wanted what's been going on with Ohio State. But you, you also that, have – Do you think that that maybe when they brought in Jim Harbaugh, even – I'm not even going to say Jim Harbaugh, but the media or even the fan base thought that they forgot about the thing, the one – big thing in the room or the thing that's right in front of him that he's going to have to overcome is the fact that he's going to have to beat the coach, the urban Meyer, the very person that's in front of him, that's keeping him from the big 10 championship from the playoff. It seems like, um, and to me, it sounds like that might've been the case even when Jim Harbaugh, when Harbaugh got here and then the whole fan base went crazy. That was my worry is that, Jim, uh, Urban Meyer is so elite and such a great coach that, you know, to me, I think you're you're on to something by saying Harbaugh's just trying to build this program to something that was a mess to get it to where it's at. A 10, win, get, uh, 10 wins out of the year, which is great, but then the, he he's going to have to build it baby steps at a time to get it to where he's even going to compete on the same level as Ohio State with Urban Meyer there. And I kind of think that's where you're going with this right well uh, it, that's part of it and everything because the 
I'm just kind of like putting context and everything because, and again, like I said, I'm not like looking for this to be excuses or anything, but like we discussed last time, Urban Meyer in practically everyone's opinion is the best coach to have coached at Ohio state. So people are comparing him to what uh, Brady Hoke did against the Luke fickle, Ohio state team. What Carr did against uh, Tressel, and I can't remember if he overlapped another coach right off the the top of my head, but Shem Beckler against Hayes. Now, now that's so, yes, those are great coaches, and and I'll get into some of those things and everything there uh, here in a second. But you guys also have to recognize, and we talked about this last time, Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, not just right now, but in – all of college, recent college football history, you know, when essentially kind of college football, the plane leveled out, I guess you could kind of quote unquote say, because Michigan has had some amazing coaches, but for context, uh, some of those coaches were way back when, when some people didn't even know how to play football. Right. Um, and not, not to take it away from anything that they did, but they're were huge swings in the pendulum. You know, you had like your really great teams and then you had, oh my gosh, what are these teams even trying to do football for? Um, But now you have talent everywhere. You've got good coaches everywhere. And in a time like now, you don't see anyone else like Urban Meyer and uh, Nick Saban. Well, you can also say that Urban Meyer, and you and I have touched on this, I think in the, in the past on some of one of our shows saying look at the look at urban meyer's uh, uh career she it's actually better than sabin's the problem with Saban is well the, what sabin's got over urban myers he's got the hardware uh urban myers actually a better in has a better record during the season than way better than sabin ever has if you look at it i mean he might be catching up but as long as Urban's there, like you said, he barely gets a two—he barely gets two losses out of the season. So, and it's just that Saban has all the hardware, and that's you and I said that that's what makes Urban elite. He's one of the best. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of championships, but man, he—he he always plays well. He has the best team, has the best players, and he knows how to coach. Yeah, and so. And I have some information and everything to go with that as well. But, and it's just like Jim Harbaugh has to go through that to even have any of the. So it's almost kind of like setting up, not necessarily to fail, but just kind of like setting up huge expectations because it's just like, oh, hey, don't just go against your rival. Hey, go against one of the best coaches in college football currently and if ever. Because to have this conversation and everything, Jim, uh, you know, talk about the great Michigan coaches, the great Ohio state coaches, uh, Jim Trestle coached for 10 years, uh, Ohio state. Here's the three best coaches at Ohio state, all of them national champion or plural champions, Jim Trestle, 83 winning percentage, Mm -hmm. 10 years. And he was nine and one versus Michigan. Yep. Okay. Then you got Woody Hayes, 74% uh, winning percentage, 28 years, and he was 16, 11, and 1. So you had 83 winning percentage, 74 winning percentage. Urban Meyer, 
Seven years, 7-0 versus Michigan. He has not lost double-digit. Like, his loss uh, record at Ohio State has not hit double digits yet for his whole seven years at Ohio State. Right. He's never had two lost team, right? Oh, no, he has had two lost teams uh, at lost. Ohio State, but I don't think he's had uh, worse than that. Uh, right. Worse than that. I can't rem- remember, yeah. but I do have some numbers here for that, um, which I'll get to here in a second. But then to put in perspective, okay, everybody's, you know, talking about, oh, what, you know, compa- where is this with Michigan? You know, Harbaugh is doing, you know, this isn't what Michigan football is. It should be better than this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lloyd Carr, 75% uh, a winning percentage. And he was there 13 years, national champions, six and seven versus Ohio State. Shem Beckler was 79 winning percentage. And he was there 21 years, no national championship, 11, nine, and one. Yeah. And then Harbaugh, total of four years. 75 winning percentage. Uh, 0-4 versus Ohio State. So, yeah, that that doesn't look good. But also, like I said, you're taking that against the 90% of Urban Meyer. Yeah. And and it is what it is. And we had that conversation last time where it's just like, okay, look, you kind of have to sit down and have the reality. I don't think we ever came out and were saying – Jim Harbaugh is the better coach than Urban Meyer or Nick Saban, even though the national media does stuff with that, which we discussed that last time where the national media is garbage people. Yeah. All the national media wants to do is do controversy. That's why you see stuff with um, Paul Feinbaum and Colin Cowherd and all those other people where they will say once they'll talk good about a coach at one point, because they know they'll get attention for it, and then they'll talk bad about him the next second. Well, it's because they usually they're playing the clicks. They get a lot of more attention when they do that. They get uh, things like that happening. But yeah, they usually just form opinions on what they think, and then never plays out or something really happens. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's it becomes this Jim Harbaugh against. Uh, I mean, really, is it Michigan? Think about this. It's has it ever been? Oh my gosh, Lloyd Carr against Trussell. Versus Trussell in the media. Really, no. It was Michigan against Ohio State, and it's always been that way. It was the game. It was, It is the biggest rivalry. But now, if you look at it, I even saw on ESPN where they actually said Jim Harbaugh and uh, Urban Meyer were, like, born in the same hospital. And ESPN, they did a little promo. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at that, and I went, are you kidding me? This isn't, this isn't even Michigan versus Ohio State. This is Urban Meyer versus Jim Harbaugh. I mean, p- flat out said it on ESPN almost to a T. They had those two coaches on there. And I said, wow, this isn't even b- between the two teams. This is between two coaches playing each other. And that's how this media has played out. This is how the fan base bought into it. Even I have at times. I mean, I'm at fault. But I can understand why people get sucked into this. But that's how it's become, right? Yeah. Ur- but the, yeah. Harbaugh versus Urban Meyer. Not but- but that's so. the thing that's become is that, you know, I mean, go ahead and go back, what, five years, maybe right. uh, definitely 10 years you could do this, where it's just like, 
uh, reporting on sports was reporting on sports. That was it. Like, mm-hmm. you got right. a lot of straightforward opinions and things like that. But then all of a sudden you started getting hot takes and yep. all this stuff. And what, honestly, are garbage takes. Because, like before, mentioned before, these media people are fighting for their jobs. They don't care about honest opinions or things like that. They care about clicks. They care about attention. That it's is like it. It's like the politics in this world right now, too. Yeah, no, pretty much well, sports have been the pol- same thing. Yeah, it's been transformed into something political because they don't care if it's true or not. They just care if they get attention for it. And that's all they care about because they know they know if they don't do something interesting, something hot, something controversial, if they can't get attention from both sides – from the people right. who support the idea or the people who are against the idea, then guess what? Ratings drop. Yep. Guess what? Good, they lose their jobs. Right. You're right. Good or bad. Yeah. So they yeah. are, they are, they're coming up with this garbage stuff. And that's what this has gotten sucked into, which, yeah, I mean, everybody at different times and everything jumped in on it. And, you know, Michigan fans got excited, you know, whatever, it's fine. It happens and everything, but it's just like, everybody still gets sucked into it and everything. And nobody's like stepping back and putting context in, in any of it. And again, like I said, I'm not here to make excuses and be like, Jim Harbaugh will never be urban Meyer. We're never going to be Ohio state and things like that. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm kind of saying it. What we're just putting here is just the context. It's just like, this is, not easy. I mean, this is not setting up. Well, imagine if it was, um, uh, you know, going to the Big Ten title game and things like that. And if you put uh, Ohio State and then Michigan in separate divisions, right? But there, yeah. there would probably be a lot of uh, appearances by Michigan uh, right. on the table. Yeah, no, but, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, but it is what it is. It's just context, and so. I'm not here to say feel sorry for the guy. Uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh hates it. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to lose. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to get embarrassed. But it is what it is. But nobody wants to talk about it because everybody wants to talk about the hot takes of Jim Harbaugh should be embarrassed. Jim Harbaugh, Brady Hoke is better than Jim Harbaugh or has accomplished more than Jim Harbaugh. All this nonsense crap that I I don't really listen to. The only reason why I see most of this stuff is that people share it and that's this is a thing, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't do this, but it's just kind of like you're you're feeding the fire when you tweet about it and when you share it, and you're just you're just feeding the fire because yeah. you know the Valenti and yeah, uh, Feinbaum I, I, and things like that. This this is what they live for. They are living for the Michigan fan base to click the tweets, to reply the tweets, to retweet the tweet, and screen capture and do all this stuff and start conversations with other people and do all this other things because that is attention that makes them that helps their ratings yeah when you say that you throw out 90 percent, what you what we're saying is it's just you know jim harbaugh is a great coach it's just going to be extremely difficult i you know if you say urban meyer is like saban of the sec it's just you know it's going to be extremely difficult to beat a coach like him, you know, it just is. And so Michigan fans are just going to have to take a deep breath and next year come in and say, Hey, you know what? We're going to try to play well this, you know, this season. And then when you get to Ohio state, we're going to have to stop saying, Oh yeah, we're going to win this. Just say, you know what? We're going to have to play our best game and to beat Ohio state again. And hopefully we'll come out and do it. And 
hopefully Jim Harbaugh and his staff are prepared to do it. So, and you and I are going to have to do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is that this is a very telling time for Jim Harbaugh two ways, two ways, how the bowl game goes, because we saw what happened after losses last season and they just let the losing continue. What's the mentality of the team going to be? It's going to be a little bit tough because some players are going to be leaving. Some players might not play in the bowl game and everything. Uh, We'll see what the context is when we get there. Um, But then also, is he – because some things will definitely have to – I mean, if he's going to get serious with it and everything, he's going to have to make adjustments that he's never made before to be able to compete with Urban Meyer on the level that he's placed himself. Because And that's the thing, too, where we've said, and I never got around to saying it when we were just discussing it, Urban Meyer is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh right now in college football. He is. I don't think we had necessarily ever came out and said that Jim Harbaugh was better. We thought maybe it was more of an even level playing field, but it's just like Urban Meyer, 90%, 90%. What was his, like, what is, if you looked at his percentages, yeah, like you said, during the season, it's just un- unbelievable. And we're yeah. talking about Utah, Florida, and then going to Ohio State and his in season, just during the season. I'm not talking about going to the playoff or you know BCS championship game. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about just throughout the season. Man, it's just 90 percent. Yeah, it's crazy how good he is. Yeah. I mean, now here, now here's something else I kind of want to point out as we kind of as we kind of wrap this up and move on. Sorry to be taking so much time, but I feel like it's worth be, you know saying this and everything. Because everybody's just like on the fire Jim Harbaugh train, which we already discussed that last time too. And it's just like, okay, who are you going to find to beat Urban Meyer? Nobody does it on a regular basis. Everybody does it once here or once there. The only time that we've seen it twice done since he's been in the Big Ten was D'Antonio once during the regular season and once during the Big Ten championship game. That's that's it. You don't see it anywhere else. And that's not uh, a regular – two times out of seven seasons – we say three uh, coaches that probably could do it. We said unless Saban's going to come to Michigan and then maybe Dabo coming to Michigan. And then we said maybe an NFL coach. Yeah, but but even the but context again, with that is NFL coach and Harbaugh. But yeah, yeah, I they're mean, not wa- they're not walking into. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh has done some great stuff to get Michigan where it is and everything. But it's not like it's been uh, the foundation has settled for what he's built. It's still right. not concrete. No, it's still not hard rock. Uh, I think any Michigan fan even thinks that yet? Do they? I mean, no, I don't. Well, I don't know. There are some crazy thoughts out there and everything. Right. So I, I still think Michigan. I still think Michigan in a certain aspects. And I get Harbaugh's got his recruits in. He's got his players in. He does. He's got his players. I understand that. You know, I'm still going. Well, you know, Shea's a transfer. He's still a transfer. He's still got another. Call quarterback at doing at Michigan it's a transfer like I and I've told you that you know I love to see a three-year even four-year maybe quarterback it's hard to get that at times because you know they leave early than they did in the past I get that but um but the fact is I still see Michigan in a way in still kind of in a rebuild mode I don't know why I think maybe because I feel like the defense is where it needs to be yeah, it has its problems, obviously, in the OSU game, but I still think the the offensive mindset needs to change a little bit, and I, would, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I still think that's the part with Michigan that needs to be in the re, – is rebuilding. I still feel like it it is. 
Well, here's a here's a good comparison. Look at Ohio State. Ohio State has its identity. It is established. They it yeah, is. sure they had their ups and downs this year and everything uh, about kind of maybe how poorly they played and everything, but you don't really question it. It's like Ohio State is still Ohio State, even so some uh, though some of the buck the Buckeye fans were kind of like, oh well, this is down year for us. It's just like no, you're not. You're a one loss team. You guys just aren't happy with kind of how the performance has gone, not the result. Um, but they're not, you know, they're not making def- major defensive adjustments, major offensive adjustments and things like that. Um, yeah, sure. Their staff changes over time and everything, but it's, it's, it's settled. It's not a, it's not like bringing in the spread offense to Michigan. Right. Uh, and things like that on how that shook things up huge. Uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is ironing things out because you still you still see the adjustments going on with the offense which they should be because offense can definitely improve and there are still things that can improve on the defense too but it is not like is not ironed out and it is not settled yeah it doesn't seem like it is yeah that's that's uh, that's a major difference because uh alabama you know set uh identity Alabama is Alabama. Ohio State, Ohio State identity. Clemson identity settled is not changing. Yep. It is not going weird. It is not going all over the place, uh, and everything with that. So uh, you don't have those crazy adjustments happening. Uh, essentially, you know the same thing with Notre Dame and the way that Oklahoma is. Oklahoma is all offense, screw defense. I mean, it is what it is. You don't see anything major adjusting with those programs and everything. Right. And Michigan, Michigan is not there yet. Michigan has, and that's the thing that I think people are blinded to where it's just like Michigan's getting there, but Michigan is uh, constantly still adjusting, which every team does. Yes. A little bit each year, but I'm talking about like relatively major adjustments that they're still trying to get better, that they're still trying to be like, Hey, when you come to Michigan, this is it. This is, Right. This is the way it is. This is the way it has been, and this is the way that will be with adjustments each and every year to fluctuate. But no, there, there's been. Uh, I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh in year one to Jim. Uh, Jim Harbaugh led Michigan to year one to Jim Harbaugh led Michigan year four. Vastly different. Yep. You can't. Yeah, that, it is vastly different, and it's also you know there's certain things with Michigan I think that are always to me been it's been hashed out year after year. It seems like they're still working on the offense. You know, this offense is, isn't the type of offense that's just going to score in bunches. It seems to me they just grind, grind, grind just to get a TD. And to me it's, and then you see Ohio state, you know, a refund, uh, uh, just a, a machine at scoring TDs and they can do it in bunches within like a couple minutes. They've got two touchdowns and they do it with ease. And that's, probably where I'm seeing Michigan at struggle at times is that offense is saying, you know what, can we score in bunches? Can we, you know, I know they're kind of old school. It feels like at times, you know, maybe the Wisconsin way of doing things, but, um, but uh, it, it works. But then again, you're going to me, I think, you know, and I, it's interesting because it does feel like OSU doesn't play like a big 10 team. You know what I mean? It's like they almost are a different conference team. Uh, yeah, you could say that, but I, I do love what you just said, though, about Wisconsin, because, again, Wisconsin, identity, same, steady, not changing. They have their identity, and they have done really well 
over a long period of time. Yeah, they're not winning national championships and things like that, but they're winning at a high level constantly. Right. Yeah. And they have an identity and it doesn't change year in and year out. Yes, there are adjustments, but no, they are known for huge linemen and an awesome running back. And then they fluctuate the offense around that. Yeah. No, they absolutely did. Right. And they do. Yep. Somebody come out and tell me right now what Michigan's identity has been over the past four years. And if you can tell me that it's been the same for the past four years, then fine. You can tell me I'm wrong. But no one can. Everybody knows that's constantly been changing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. And we'll see what, what the staff does next year. So I got a feeling, just me, it's my opinion, but I think next year will be probably a little – I think it will be different just based on what Ohio State did to them. I just yeah. do. And, and here's another thing to mention, too. We may have mentioned it earlier. It does not excuse uh, – it's no excuses, not excusing the loss, but especially not excusing how the loss happened. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. No, not Again, just ill-prepared, everything out-coached, ill-prepared pretty much in the I, whole game. Yeah, again, like this, the the one word you want to put around this whole thing, the one word you want to put around this bubble of a conversation, context. Yeah. People need to stop and look at it sometimes. So, so the last thing I'll say here before we move on, that was a lot longer than I anticipated it was going to be, but that's fine. Um, So, two coaches playing on another, or two coaches coaching on another level compared to everybody else. Nick Saban, 12 seasons at Alabama, has only had two seasons of three or more losses the yeah. last time was 2010 <laughs> okay who who else is doing stuff like that okay all right urban meyer seven seasons at ohio state he has not had a single three loss season at ohio state no never i knew that one in yeah. fact in all his years of being a head coach Power five and non-power five because he was a uh, head coach at Bowling Green. He has only had two. This is 17 years of coaching. He has only had two seasons with four or more losses. (laughs) He has had three, three loss seasons. Yeah. So if you want to put that all together, out of 17 years, he has only had five seasons with three or more losses. And you're telling me any coach, even Jim Harbaugh, going into that and playing that guy, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> it just is, right? Yeah. We, nobody, want, nobody, nobody wants to admit it. And, no. and, again, not excuses, but it's just like, dude, you go – I mean, you put that in I, other I sports. It's Harbaugh thinks that. It's like I, Bill Belichick. I think Harbaugh just says – you know, and I, you know, I, I, I think he's egotistical at times. I think he's arrogant. I mean, most, most coaches are, but, you know, I think he's like, going, hey, Urban Meyer is just a dang good college football coach. He's he's on another level, and we got a lot of work to do. I think he knows. I mean, he knows, and it's just gonna, it's gonna take a lot. I think it's that. I think that game was a humbling experience for Jim Harbaugh. I do. So, yeah. Yeah. To no. make changes, I mean, to make changes, I think it's my like I just said before. You know, I think he'll make changes next year. I do. Yeah. Um. And gosh, I can't remember how many. What was it? Twenty years? Is it twenty years that Saban's been coaching? Yeah, a long time. I want to say it's like 
Yeah, no, it's 20 years because it's longer than Meyer. So it's like 2021, something like that. Put in context, um, head coach in college, Saban has had seven seasons of four or more losses. And Urban Meyer has had two. (laughs) Right. We said Urban actually is better than Saban when it comes to It's just Saban is excellent at well he's an excellent coach but he's you know good at um getting championships so yeah Yeah. so it is what it is you know yeah that's yeah and all all that now the last thing this was it's kind of funny because i mentioned all that stuff which was somewhat of what i was going to talk about but this was actually the last this was the thing that i actually had typed out in my notes that i was going to share last time just to kind of also give people the uh i don't really like doing this but uh it's the scary reality yeah you you told me this yeah so okay since uh 2004 2003 um forgive me i'm not sure you know, long time ago, over a decade ago, uh, the record for the rivalry used to be fifty-seven to thirty-six, Michigan over Ohio State. Yeah, fifty-seven to thirty-six. Now, get it with us. That is fifty-eight to fifty. <laughs> fifty-eight to fifty. They are eight seasons away from potentially yeah. evening this series. When Michigan won, I don't know, it was like, if you don't include the ties, it was like uh, 13 in a row at the mm. beginning to start. They had a 13-game winning, uh, you know, lead in this whole thing. Yeah. Honestly, they had like a 20-3 to at one point. Wow. Wow, man. So, yeah. Catching no, it's, up. Yeah catching up but, that, but that's the thing too is just like honestly things could look very different potentially and again i'm just like yeah and nobody can say what the future is but you know whenever urban meyer is gone it could be vastly different yeah because yeah. no nobody yeah. else outside of nick saban is coaching like urban meyer is nope nope he's pretty rare Sweeney, uh, Dabo Sweeney is maybe on that path, but he's getting there. Oh yeah. Yep. He's definitely getting there. He's pretty young at Clemson, but man, he's got that thing like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've spent a huge time talking about that, holy crap. Okay. Um, kind of my apologies, but I feel like that was all worthwhile to talk about. College playoffs. Let's talk about that a little bit. All right, college playoffs, and then we're going to share our thoughts about the Big Ten championship game. All right, boom, here we go. uh, Nothing changed, one through three, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Um, Teams that moved up are the next three. So number four, Georgia, number five, Oklahoma, number six, Ohio State. I was a little surprised to see this, the number, but then I kind of looked at the other teams, so I'm not too shocked, actually. Michigan comes in at number seven, UCF at number eight. Florida nine, LSU ten. So uh, it's it's looking pretty clear. Well, I don't know that there's any way that Notre Dame and Alabama don't get in. 
because Notre Dame does not have a championship game. And honestly, even if some crazy way Alabama lost to Georgia, I don't see them kicking them out of the top four. Right. Especially because they would be losing to the number four team. So they're the committee kind of is setting it up where hey, we could have two SEC teams even if Georgia beats Alabama. Right. And the thing is, is does anybody necessarily think that Georgia is going to blow out Alabama and then Alabama is going to drop out of the top four? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's not going to happen. So really the biggest question. So yeah. let's put those two scenarios together. If, if Georgia does beat Alabama, Alabama's falling to number four. They're not. They're still going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and nobody's going to jump no. Uh, no. Georgia then because Georgia will be the only team that beat Bama. Right. So, so really the the game that holds the the craziness <laughs> is Clemson. Yeah. It, well, they're playing what? Pittsburgh? Yeah. That's Clemson not... could really make – well, okay, actually, I'm sorry. I take that back because uh, – Somebody's going to have to lose between Alabama and Georgia. Anticipation is if somehow Georgia beat Alabama, both of them would stay in the top four. But everybody's anticipating Alabama will beat Georgia, so then the number four spot will be open. So then you'll be looking at Oklahoma, Ohio State. Uh, Oklahoma will be playing Texas for the second time, which Texas uh, Texas is the only team that they've lost to. Ohio State will be playing Northwestern. So, well, I don't expect Clemson at all to lose to Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game. So I think that's why everybody is anticipating a pretty big win. I do too. Yeah. Can it happen? Sure. That would muddy up the waters, but uh, it all comes down to that fourth spot. And, and what happens is the scenario is this Notre Dame's in pretty much Clemson's in. And what we've got is the, the difference between what happens in the SEC championship game, if Georgia beats Alabama, well, that just kills any kind of anybody else below that is not getting in. Yeah. Now, if Alabama beats Georgia, where does Georgia fall? Because if they fall past five or six, who gets that four spot? Oh yeah, no, they'll definitely they'll definitely drop, and so then the question is going to be Oklahoma or Ohio State. Will they jump in? Right. And that's where it becomes pretty interesting and to you and me, and I, I might have a different opinion than you, is I look at it as, well, yeah, those two got to win. If Oklahoma beats Texas and then you got Ohio State beat Northwestern, to me it's like I think Oklahoma gets in based on the fact is they their one loss goes to Texas, and Texas actually in the beginning of the year was it what? top 10 team, top 15 team in the country, and they lost that game, so they're going to probably give credence to that than Ohio State losing to a average Purdue team and not only lost to them, got blown out. And they might look at that and just say, that's a worse loss than what Oklahoma did. Yeah, Oklahoma's playing horrid defense, but man, yeah, I know they're going to factor in the Michigan game, but I just it, you're not going to, I just don't think you can, Ohio State has enough umph to beat Oklahoma because I think Oklahoma is probably going to beat Texas. I think Texas can beat Oklahoma because they've already done it, but it's really hard to beat teams twice in one year. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, so here's here's the thing, and I think everybody anticipates Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame winning. 
everybody's kind of anticipating that, which right. would not be very surprising. So then that would bump Georgia out, and so it does come down to Oklahoma, Ohio State. Obviously, if one loses, the other one pretty much looks like a guarantee to get in. Yeah. Um, now, the question then would be if they both won. Um, right. And you do have a decent point about how – Ohio, the Ohio State-Purdue game, which was a while ago, and then the Oklahoma-Texas game, which was their loss, rivalry game. Uh, I can't remember if they were on the road or not, but it was a, a relatively close game right? Uh, that Oklahoma lost. So yeah. take that into consideration. But they will wind up having loss, uh, their loss coming to a Texas team with a final record of 9-4. and four. Right. So not exact, exactly a shining you know, team to have lost to, I mean, a nine, a nine win team, a better team than you would probably say with Purdue and everything. Um, so really, honestly, it could kind of, if both of them win, it could come down to essentially style points. Could. Yeah. Who blows out the other team. And of course, Ohio state looks like they would have a greater chance at that with playing Northwestern, who is coming in at 21, I think, or yeah, 21. Where's Texas rank? Uh, fourteen. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, yeah. If Ohio, I just I can't see any scenario that Ohio State can leapfrog it. Yeah, I know everybody's prisoner of the moment and saying, "Wow, look at the way Ohio State crushed um, Michigan." Well, is that is at their house too? And yeah, Michigan being at four was a big win for them. Yeah, that's why I lofted them so high, you know. So, but Ohio, but you know, Oklahoma sitting there is just it's going to be too much to beat them if Oklahoma wins. So yeah, well, they, they just squeaked out against West Virginia at West Virginia and their loss to Texas uh, was a home loss to Texas, which was a, th- a three point game. Yeah. So they haven't exactly been dominating anyone. And so the committee may also look at Ohio state dominated a top four team. And Oklahoma has been squeaking these games out, but has had no defense performance at all. And plus, I mean, if you look at Oklahoma has been consistent all year, though, (laughs) they have defense isn't very good. And their offense is the best offense probably in the country. And hands down, it's one of the best. I've watched it and it's they're crazy good. Their quarterback's unbelievably good. So but. Ohio State, on the other hand, yeah, they're they got hot at the right time, but they've been so up and down all year. I mean, you barely squeak out a game against Maryland. I mean, I think the playoff committee is going to look at that and say, "Look, you lost to Purdue, probably one of the worst teams you could lose to, and that's going to keep you out because you got blown out. It wasn't a close game; you got blown out, and so that's what's probably going to end up keeping them out. Um, but uh, you see, Ohio State leapfrogging or you just kind of see it as I see them kind of maintaining if both those teams win Uh, it'd be it'd be tough because um wasn't it it was last year Ohio State missed out on the playoff too right wasn't it yeah um because of two lost team yeah lost to Iowa they They lost lost to Iowa and Oklahoma right no wait what was it was it last year what year was it yeah, I think it was last year. I don't know. I would have to pull up that information and check yeah. everything for sure. I know to Iowa, right? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the years that was a two-loss team. Actually, that's going to really bug me, so let me look it up here. Second, and so 
the, but there was the year that Ohio State kind of quote unquote got passed up because it was or was it they passed. Yeah, because they lost to Oklahoma and they lost to Iowa, and so they won the Big Ten championship game, but they were a two-loss conference champion. Uh, champion. Right, right. So they got passed up. So I – and then Oklahoma last year made it to the playoff, mm-hmm. and I want to confirm this too because they made it to the playoff. They lost – I thought it was – come on, help me out here. Oh, no, it was, it was a – wait, it was a two – oh, yeah, it was an overtime game. I forgot about that. So, I don't know. It, it, it is kind of tricky. I don't know if they'll, like, take it in consideration that – or kind of that thought in the back of their head that they left the Big Ten oh. out last year. I don't know. And especially since it was Ohio State that got left out last year. But they are, but then also, I mean, you know that these thoughts, it maybe if they're not openly discussed, you know that people think about it. You know, it could be Urban Meyer's last year at Ohio State. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting it was that Baker Mayfield Oklahoma game. So, yeah. The last but, year seems so far away. But yeah, so the, yeah. the easiest, most clear cut thing is if Georgia loses and if one of Ohio State, Oklahoma loses, Boom. It's straightforward. It's simple who the yep. top four is. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it really will get complicated is if um, Georgia loses and both Oklahoma, Ohio State win. So I know yeah. UCF is hanging out there number eight, but really there's probably no way that they get in because they're just playing Memphis and they lost their star quarterback last game. The scenario everybody's having is saying, you know, what happens? You know, the, the funny what the, I look at it as the all the planets aligning, every all all the stars align. How there could be a path for Michigan to get into the playoff? Did you? I mean, were you reading some of those or seeing those and how it could it happen? It was uh, pretty- yeah, I saw it kind of a little bit. I mean, it would be crazy extreme. Um, right. Because Georgia would have to lose, Oklahoma would have to lose, Ohio State would have to lose. A lot I'll have to lose. But one of the ones I kept mentioning all, you know, I kept answering is, how in the world are you going to have UCF or have Michigan leap UCF into the playoffs? How can that be? That that can UCF would have to lose too because they're ranked just below us. But the problem is, is UCF has a game though. Yeah, well, no. Here's the, here's the kind yeah, of the problem game, though too. We don't it, have one. We're just sitting there. Yeah, yeah, but if UCF has any kind of a close game, they're going to take in consideration that they're not Power Five team and they lost their star quarterback. Right. Well, so, I think they lost their star quarterback, and that's why they're at eight. I, oh yeah, I, no. Oh, Mackenzie Milton's was out. If he wasn't out, trust me, they'd have UCF over Michigan. They probably would. No, I definitely agree with that. I think they took that into consideration because, you know, I mean, they they have to look at who's going to be competing and things like that. So, no, I definitely take that into consideration. Um, So, but here's, here's a crazy thing to realize is that if that insane scenario happens where Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State lose, you're going to be looking at because I don't see really UCF getting in, even if they win. I mean, they would have to blow out Memphis, and their quarterback would have to look like he is a pro, because that is a big, right. big risk on taking them in after they lo- they lost their star quarterback. But you'd essentially be looking at Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, 
three undefeated teams, then you'd have to start looking at two slash three loss teams. There's right. no one loss team after that if that happens. If Georgia keeps Alabama in the game close and Georgia loses, and like you said, that scenario happens, they're still going to keep Georgia in there. If those three lose, uh, yeah, that there would be a very I decent chance. Georgia could fall. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're going to say our worst loss. You know, we were right there in our worst loss, and we gave a good uh, a fight to Alabama, the top team in the country. So it is interesting. Yeah. No. And yeah, that would be crazy if it happened. Yeah. It, it, it's funny how it could happen. I mean, it is it crazy to say it can't happen. No, but I don't see it happening at all. Um, like you said, I think what it comes down to is, I think all the teams win. I think Alabama does beat Georgia. I think Georgia falls off and I think it comes down to Oklahoma and Ohio state. And I, I think Oklahoma does win and I think they'll get in. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oklahoma. Well, I say this though, this is the one thing I will say out of the two teams that are playing, Oklahoma playing Texas and then Ohio State playing Northwestern. I think Oklahoma has the chance to lose because Texas has beat them. Yeah. So they just match up good, and I think Ohio State's just going to beat beat up Northwestern. So yeah, but, but you never know. You never know, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, we're not going to break it down, do any numbers or anything like that, but we're going to do a discussion and everything about the championship matchups for championship weekend. And there we go. All right. So here's your matchups for this weekend. Actually, the uh, Pac-12 is going to be playing Friday night at 8 p.m. It's 17 Utah against 11 Washington. Washington is favored by five points. And then we move to Saturday, and Texas-Oklahoma kicks off at noon, where Oklahoma is eight-point favorite. SEC championship game is at four, with number one, Alabama, against number four, Georgia. Number one, Alabama is a 13-point favorite. Then the ACC championship game, it's very obvious why a lot of people are not really giving Pittsburgh a chance, because at eight o'clock, Clemson, number two, Clemson, against unranked Pittsburgh. Clemson, the 27-and-a-half-point favorite. And then the Big Ten Championship game, 8 o'clock, 21 Northwestern versus number six Ohio State. Uh, the Buckeyes are 14 point favorites. So, um, real, real quick, thoughts about the Big Ten Championship game, uh, what you kind of think the outcome will be, things like that. And then just here before we close and everything, we'll just give our predictions on who we think is going to win. Uh, the other matchups? Well, I mean, I, I've seen both the teams obviously play it. And I think Thorson is a really good quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback, in fact. Um, he's just playing in a team like uh, Northwestern. You know, they have okay players. They have good players. They have great players. And I think that might be some of his problems. But he's a good quarterback. He showed against us. So I think they'll. I think they're going to play pretty well in this game. But uh, I think Ohio State's just—I think they're just—you know—they're just too much to deal with. There's too much talent. They're too too much speed, too much athleticism, and uh, I think Ohio State does eventually beat them. Uh, I think you know I'll come down to the second half. I think it'll just be too much for Northwestern for 
um, Ohio State will just start uh, beating them pretty good. So, yeah, I there could be the window for Ohio State to you know have the letdown coming off of the big Michigan win and everything and playing a team like Northwestern. I don't think that's really going to happen because I think the staff and everything is going to get them prepared because I think they understand the idea of style points. Essentially, that's the reason why they get got into the first college football playoff is because they beat what uh, Wisconsin 66 to zero or some crazy number. Um, so I think they're going to be going for a statement win because they know that if Oklahoma wins that they have to have uh, you know, they have to essentially look better. Uh, the only thing uh, I, I do know that Pat Fitzgerald is pumped. His team will be pumped and they're going to do everything that they can to win. I don't think necessarily that they have the weapons to do it. They might be able to keep it close in the first half, um, things like that. But unless they're able to do some of what Michigan was able to do none of and pressure Haskins in the pocket, uh, they're going to have their way, and Ohio State will probably win, and I anticipate relatively easily cover the spread. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way I think Northwestern will have to have his best game to beat, just absolute best game to beat Ohio State. But uh, if you think about I think one of the biggest – reasons maybe Northwestern has a inkling of a chance is because of Thorson. He's the dude's had like what, fifty one games in a row? <laughs> he's played for Northwestern. That's his career. He's been there and this will be his biggest challenge. And he's been pretty uh stable. You know what I mean? And at quarterback, he's been really good. If you think about it, I mean all the quarterbacks that struggled against o- Ohio State They've all lost to Ohio State. So, and the only one I think was David Blau at Purdue. He was very, um, very uh, stable at that position, very poised and had a good demeanor. And that's why they won. So I think if Thorson maybe comes out and has a good, you know, has good poise and uh, and drives his team down, I think they have a chance to win. But um, it's a heavy duty chance, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. 8 o'clock Saturday night. Okay, so then for the other games, uh, Utah-Washington. Washington, the five-point favorite. Uh, who Do you have Washington covering that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I actually will say that Utah Ooh. will cover that. Um, um, actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these down. Um, oh, actually, well, for, so – do you have Northwestern covering uh, or Ohio State covering the spread? I do, yep. Okay. I'm going to write these down. OSU cover. We both have OSU covering. Uh, you said then that you will take Washington covers. Right. And I will take um, Utah, actually, uh, covering the spread. And then, um, so Texas, Oklahoma, then uh, Oklahoma, eight point favorite. Craig. Yeah, I'll take that. You'll take Oklahoma covering the spread. Yep. Uh, I think that Oklahoma will win. Uh, I don't 
think yeah. that they're going to cover. I think it'll be a seven point or less game. So sad defense. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. So I'll take uh, Texas with the spread on that one. Um, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama's 13 point favorite. Mm, yep. I'll take that. I think they'll beat them. Uh, but, uh, but, so they're going to cover the spread. They will cover it. Yep. Okay. And then uh, the last one, and this one will probably be the trickiest just because it's the biggest, uh, Clemson with the 27.5-point spread over Pitt. That I won't. You, you won't? All right. That's too much. Too many points. As much as Clemson is really good, I, you know, I think they'll win, but I don't think they're going to win by that much. All right, well, I'm going to try to make up some ground here, so I'm actually going to go ahead and take Clemson in that one. So we have one, two, three differences between us. Man. Which will, if I'm correct. You think they're going to put that many points on Pittsburgh? Uh, Clemson's been rolling. I think they're just going to keep rolling. You think they're going to put up 27 on them? I mean, 27 over? Yeah. Eh, okay. I got to take some risks, though, too. And then you got Utah. I mean, you're going up against – you said you have Utah? Yeah. Wow. Washington's been a bit inconsistent this year. So Jake Browning, man, he's probably going to go really high in the NFL. Yeah, but Utah – it's kind of one of those things where I could see Utah really getting amped for this and causing some chaos. Like you said, they're a pretty consistent team. Yeah. Nine wins, yeah. Nine nine wins, ten wins, yeah. So – all right, okay, well, that's what we got then. Uh, for that, we'll see kind of how those play out. And then I think we'll do uh, – we'll also have the – our last ones for this will be bowl season and everything, and we'll see where we're at. Right now you have 34 points, I have 29. So if I get everything that I have this weekend, I could be one right behind you. So. Yeah, you have to get everything right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, um, that will be it for us. Like I said, I know it was kind of a little bit of an unusual episode. We uh, had a long conversation at the beginning, but it was good. Um, yeah, after this week, I think it's really going to be kind of the back uh, back to one episode a week, uh, except for maybe right around when the bowl game is, though. So Yeah, probably talk about bowl. So. Yeah. But we'll have our weekly episodes, as we always say. We, we're we here for you guys each and every week. So thank you guys for yep. tuning in. Hope you guys stay warm, warm during the snowstorm. Yeah, and this Saturday, there's nothing. Just enjoy football. Yeah. I know it stinks. You think you should be playing, but it's not happening. So. Yeah. All right. And uh, glad to have you guys still be Michigan fans. And we always finish off each episode with Go Blue. Yeah.